Hi, I'm Craig O'Sullivan. Today we talk about how to be an expert and how to avoid looking like a fool. Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of the Just Cause Audio, where we take a metaphor from an everyday event, movie, or TV show, so we can learn to be better communicators, entrepreneurs, or just all round better people. Why? Just cause. There is so much pressure for all of us to appear like an expert with the pressure of social media that everyone is an expert on something. So there's pressure on each and every one of us to have our voice heard that we need to appear like an expert in our field. Otherwise, people will look straight past us. We won't get the followers. We won't get the attention. But there is a massive trap in us pretending or maybe just simply exaggerating the truth a little bit so that we can appear like more of an expert so that we can have people paying attention to us. But there is a massive, massive caution in this. Actually, it's a warning. I I don't encourage this at all. I encourage complete authenticity and originality with all our content. But unfortunately, there are some people that do get caught up in this trap Today's metaphor has been drawn from a recent event that I saw on my social media feed where a um, sign language expert was translating on live news what the police department were giving this special you know, emergency report. And this sign language expert was, although they knew a little bit of sign language, they got lost up in what the police officer was saying and end up just speaking sign language gibberish, the sign language experts ended up turning around and interpreting some of the things that they were saying. And this also happened in Hurricane Katrina and in Hurricane Irma as well, that people didn't check their qualifications of the sign language experts and they they just asked someone, can you sign? And the person said yes and they, they came on. And maybe it wasn't so much the fault of the sign language expert. I don't want this to be a an all-out attack on those people that were that were signing at the time. You know, maybe they just got caught up in in a moment. Maybe they they felt that they understood sign language more than they they actually did, and maybe they just crippled under the pressure of being on live television. And also, it, you know, the department, the police department, it was their responsibility to check their background and I suppose there's a little bit of our you know metaphor within the metaphor for us if we're looking at an expert if we're following an expert if we're looking to employ an expert maybe we need to make sure we do the proper background checks before we put them on live television or employ them because you know obviously in emergency situations everyone's rushing and maybe they just grabbed the first person that said yes they could do it unfortunately the the sign language expert was interpreting and just got to a point where they couldn't follow what the police officer was saying. And they end up just shaking their hands and pretty much doing nothing. And they, they did also flashbacks to, a, to another guy in Hurricane Irma who was signing and he didn't understand or he didn't know how to interpret some of the, the words that were saying or some of the sentences. And so he started talking about pizza and bear like it was just so random and then they they got exposed all over cnn and they went international and obviously on social media that these so-called sign language experts who were calling themselves experts 
they were not even experts at all. Well, not at an expert level anyway. And unfortunately, they got shamed worldwide. And they may have had a really you know, bright future in sign language interpretation. Maybe in the future, they would have had great opportunities. But now, unfortunately, because they were calling themselves an expert before they really were an expert, they got caught out, they got shamed, and now they will never work in the industry again. But you're probably thinking, yeah, but I'm not a sign language interpreter, so that's okay, I'm not gonna get caught out on national television. Well, unfortunately, every move we make is being recorded. Every, everything we post on social media is being critiqued by people. And it's, once we put it up on the internet, it is there forever. We never know what's gonna come back to bite us in the long term. And so what does this mean to us? We have to, to be able to get some exposure, to be able to get clients, we have to appear to be some form of an expert. Otherwise, we're not gonna get anyone paying attention to us. So how do we do that if we are just beginning the journey or halfway through the journey or not completely there? Well, to be honest, like I'm, I'm no complete expert. I, I won't say that I'm a complete expert at anything. And, and all of these things are just merely my observations and my experiences and drawing on. I'm a, I would say that I'm an expert at creating metaphors, but the metaphors within these are just my general observation and my personal experience to things. And see how I even just justified that in that moment that I'm not saying I'm a, I'm not a complete expert. There are some there are some phenomenal communications experts out there that have been studying this stuff and in depth in academia, understanding effective communication uh, for a long time. There's guys that are much much better at business than I am. I just have my own flavour. I have my own take on it. And so today I want to just spend a little bit of time on sharing with you some of my experiences of how I have been able to step into the realm of being an expert without necessarily claiming that I'm an expert, as well as how do we navigate through those early se sections or early seasons of us becoming an entrepreneur? Because starting being a startup and starting as an entrepreneur, we've all got to start somewhere, but we need those clients and we need to build up that the expertise. And how do we do that without being an expert or without having the complete experience yet. And so we're going to cover a couple of things that I've experienced through my time, through what's worked for me. I've also will share some stories of some people that I've seen in recent times that are placing themselves to be experts, but not really following through on that. Now, why do we want to avoid this? Because we don't want to get caught out. And by the end of this, I hope that I can help you focus a way or find a way and, and give some practical examples for you to start your journey to becoming an expert without trying to pretend to be an expert because pretenders will always be caught out. So what's the first lesson that we can learn from this story of these or this metaphor of these sign language interpreting experts? The, what, what can we learn from them? Well, I believe one of the first things we should do is we should not be calling ourselves an expert. We should leave it up to other people to call us an expert, other people to call us an authority. And it's not until other people that are in an expert level themselves 
other people that are authorities in their own right in that field, it's not until they recognize us as an expert or us as an authority that I believe that we have the right to call ourselves an authority or an expert. So the first lesson we can learn from this is let's not say that we're an expert. If we're not an expert, we shouldn't say that we are. Now, it's okay for us to let people know that we're only starting out the journey. When I first started as a business coach, with my first handful of clients for the first probably three months of putting on clients as a business coach, I always told them that I was just starting out, that I was only learning, that I was on the start of my journey. But what what I made different, and, and a lot of them actually found that quite refreshing. They found it quite relieved that everyone else was coming to them saying that they're the expert, they can make them into everything. And I was coming in just saying, you know what, I'm not an expert, but what I what I am willing to do is put in the extra hours to work with you to get to know you, get to know the industry, and to be able to get the results that you're after. That helped me get a lot of clients to start off with. And there was another key that I, that I put in there is that I spent extra time with those people. When I first started as a coach, I did not limit the time. I spent some of my first clients I spent days with instead of just you know a two-hour session or a 90-minute session each week or each fortnight. And now that I've been coaching for seven years, does it, seven plus years, does that mean that I call myself an expert? No, not at all. Uh, there's quite often that I'll have someone come to me and they'll want me to coach them because they've been referred, they know the type of work that I do, they, they like my personality, they really want to work with me and they give me their problem or what they want to achieve and I will, in straight up, I will tell them I'm not an expert in that area. Recently, I had a guy that is in, he, he makes these incredible brownies and baked goods, like really ridiculously sweet, yummy uh, treats. And he had a logistics problem. He wanted help to be able to expand, but his biggest challenge right now was logistics. I said straight up in our first meeting, I said, I have no experience in logistics. I have some basic experience in these sorts of areas, but I don't have enough where I could give you the right answers. I could direct you and we could work through and research and find the answers together, but I'm not an expert. What I can help you out with is with your marketing, with creating events to to draw more attention around your products or services. Definitely, I can help you out with that. But what I did is I actually sent him away. I said, look, let me go and research. And I went and researched two or three other coaches that I knew that had experience with large logistic chains. And I actually referred each of them to them. I rang them. I said, this is, this is his problem. And I found the right one for him. And I referred this, this potential client to this other coach. This potential client was amazed, was blown away because I actually told him, hey, go to this other person. I made no money out of it, did not benefit at all out of it, out of their transaction. I just said, go to this person, he'll be able to help you. His response, he was blown away and his response was, hey Craig, I'm gonna get this logistics problem sorted and I'm coming straight back to you. It built this incredible level of trust. 
and since he and I have bantered back and forth, we've connected a few times. We've, you know, he's rung me up for for little bits of advice, and he's and he's following me. And, and in a moment, in you know, in in a, in time, once he's got his logistics problem, he'd be ready to be coached by me. Another situation recently, I had another person say that they want to achieve a certain level, and I told them, hey. I don't have a, I don't have I'm not an expert in that area. I have never you know he wanted to communicate to you know in certain rooms of you know, people in certain levels and I said I don't ha- I don't know anyone of that level and I've never been in that sort of a situation. So I'm not an expert in that. What I can do is I can give you x y and z but I can't give you that. He was once again blown away because I told him that I couldn't do something because there's so many people out there that are calling themselves experts saying, I can do everything, that it's actually quite refreshing. And if we, you want a niche, if you want to stand out, if you want to be different, one of the best ways to be different is tell someone you can't do something because they'll be blown away by how authentic you are. He straight away said, you know what, because you said that, it actually makes me want to work with you even more. And he and I are actually looking at starting in the next couple of weeks, starting a massive project together that'll probably be, you know, probably one of the largest projects I've ever worked on. All because I said, I'm not an expert in the area. So the first thing we do when we're stepping into this space is first, let's acknowledge that we are not the expert. Admit it. Now, if you are an expert in the field, obviously share that, you know, acknowledge that you are the expert. But if you're not an expert, don't be afraid to say, hey, I I'm not an expert. But then let's lead into the next level. So how do we then, because we first of all acknowledge that we're not the expert, but how do we then lead into you know, maintaining them as a, as a potential client? How do we then continue that relationship? Because we don't want to just send the people away. There's a little little strategy or a tip that I can that I can offer that I do a lot of the times, and I've mentioned it slightly in these last few examples. But straight after I acknowledge that I'm not an expert in the area, what I do is I don't say that I have the experience, but I draw on my experiences. Now, I've mentioned this a few times before, and you'll hear me say this a lot because I'm very strong on this point. And I love this, this power, the power that is within this simple little strategy. Don't rely on your experience, which is what goes on a CV, but it'll rely on your experiences. For example, this uh, person that spoke about the logistics, I told him, I don't have the experience in that. However, I have had experiences such as working back in McDonald's. I understood being a manager there. I understood uh, you know, logistics and ordering and, and, and dealing with, with logistics chains and transporting, all those sorts of things. And I mentioned a few situations that I've been with that I've had experiences with logistics. My father was a, was a truck driver, an interstate truck driver. I understand logistics. I don't have experience in it, but I do have experiences. And this then backs up. This is how we, we can build up our, our authority without actually saying that we are an authority in that space. Also with this other, with this other person that wanted me to, to coach him, that I said, look, I haven't ever had an experience in that level. But, or I don't have the experience to coach you at that level that you want to be at. However, I have had certain experiences that are similar to that. And I drew on similar experiences, such as 
me being in a room and being mentored by Mark Burris at the age of uh, 18. Now, you probably don't know, he's the Australian version of Donald Trump. Me uh, producing shows for MTV, those all came from me relying on experiences rather than an experience. I didn't have the experience to do any of those, but I drew on all of my past experiences that then qualified me to to say to him, you know what, I've been in rooms with with top tier people. I've been in rooms that that I shouldn't be with 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 uh, your national experts, etc., and and guys that are top of their game. And I've been able to communicate confidently with them, so I can help you with that. I've never been at the level that you want, but these are my experiences. So notice how we go for experiences rather than experience. Don't say you have the experience, but shed light on the experiences that you do have. So if we want, if we are challenged or or questioned if we're an expert in an area, we can we can first of all admit that we aren't an expert in that particular area, but then we can draw back on our experiences to be able to lay a foundation to show look, I do have some background, I'm not experienced, but I have experiences. And then the next thing is, we mentioned that we are willing to put in the work. We are willing to do the hard yards, to put in some extra work, to help help that person get to where they wanna be. Let them know that you're willing to learn as you go. And the last tip that I can offer you of how to operate in the realm of an expert without us quoting that we're an expert, because when we quote that we're an expert and get found out, that's where we can be made a fool of like these, like these signed language people. The greatest thing we can do is borrowed credibility. Riding on the coattails of mentors that have gone before us. I have had experiences where, where I've, had coaches or mentors that have opened up a door or provided me a you know I suppose a, a testimonial or or a reference and being able to for them to back me as they're the authority that then gives me authority and makes me an expert because they are calling me an expert. Remember how I said at the start, we're not an expert until someone else calls us an expert and we can get this borrowed credibility a number of ways. First of all is just being mentored by the person, going into almost like an apprenticeship style thing or an internship. Quite often we either pay for it or we serve and we pay for it with our time. So whenever we're learning or gaining that authority or expertise, we're either paying for it, whether it be through university degree or from a coach or a mentor, or we're paying for it with our time by serving that person. You're going into complete mentorship. Like any, you look at any, like the karate kid, he went and served and he went and waxed the Mr. Miyagi's car and painted his fence and he served. He did all of those sorts of things that, that gave value to the mentor for him to eventually learn to be the expert. And so that's one way that we can have borrowed credibility. Another way of us to being able to sort of fast track it, and let me, I wanna wanna preposition this by saying, I'm not encouraging us fast track any situation, but let's be more efficient along the journey. There is another way in which we can do this by interviewing 
experts and authorities. And by us interviewing experts and authorities, it automatically gives us access to their, their database, I suppose you could say, or their audience. And by us being seen with those experts, it does by, by almost osmosis cause us to be considered in that expert realm. However, there is a warning with this, is if you're basing your entire expertise off you being the person that interviews experts, then it is very hard for you to break beyond you know, needing credibility with having credibility yourself because you will, your expertise will then more be in line with knowing the right people, not knowing the right stuff. So you know the experts, not necessarily are the expert, if that makes sense. So there's a bit of a warning if you do that borrowed credibility, that you don't do that as your main focus. You can do it every now and then. I do events aligned with with world leaders and world authorities so that I can have borrowed credibility with them but I don't base everything that I do off that I do a lot of things independently there's another great Australian authority called Pat Masidi he's a great motivational speaker he formed his his authority by interviewing and finding all the experts now he's still just the motivation guy, but he is known for being able to draw in all the other experts and that's his authority, but it's not his own authority. It's the authority of everyone else that he's been able to draw around him. So just a warning that if you do base everything around borrowed credibility, it's very hard to break away to have your own credibility. So as we've learned today, like we've from the metaphor of the sign language experts that got caught out that were making gibberish about pizza and beer uh, instead of saying the real thing, they got caught out and put, put to shame across social media and across na national and international television. We want to avoid being shamed out. So we don't want to profess that we're experts until we've reached that point. But it's really hard for us to be able to grow and develop and start up, especially as an entrepreneur, because we need to have some form of authority, some sort of expertise. So how do we do that without being made a fool? Number one, we make sure that we admit that we're not the expert. It shows vulnerability and it shows honesty. Number two, we draw on experiences rather than experience. And number three, we use borrowed credibility. I hope this has been helpful in helping you display authority without professing that we're an expert prematurely because we don't want you to get caught out. Thanks for listening. Join us on the next Just Cause Audio where we look at a movie, TV show, or an everyday event and take a metaphor from it so we can learn to be better communicators, entrepreneurs, or just all-round better people. Why? Just Cause. Just Cause.